Right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday morning, and we are uh, at right at the end of our Mark series. And so this is Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to be reading from verse 1 through verse 8. This is after Jesus has been crucified. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the people went out. The woman went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And so one of the things I said fairly early on with this uh, book of Mark is that a lot of historians suggest perhaps that this was the um, Peter's gospel in a way as dictated to John Mark. And so there's little things that point towards it, like this here, where it says, go tell Peter and his disciples. Go tell his disciples and Peter. There's a slight emphasis on Peter as if Peter was telling the story. And the thing I, I kind of really saw this morning in the devotional is, um, not around Jesus' crucifixion, to be dead honest, um, which is, I mean, Jesus' crucifixion is such a central part of our lives as Christians. It's everything, right? If, if he hadn't died, yes, we'd have to live with the consequences of our sin, we'd be eternally separate from God. It's There's just no way to begin to realize the incredible price that Jesus paid and the, and the joy that we have and the relationships and the, all that kind of stuff that we have because of what Jesus did for us. But there's something so interesting here. Um, I just sort of saw this where it said, when the Sabbath was over, so what happens is Jesus dies just before the Sabbath, and there's the Sabbath rest, so no one can go, you're not allowed working, so they could, Jesus' body is quickly buried in the tomb and the stone's put in place. Then there's the Sabbath, so they can do nothing to prepare his body for burial. So what happens is, after the fact, Mary Magdalene, Mary Mother of James, and Salome come to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Even though he's been buried, they, they, they couldn't do anything on the Sabbath, but straight afterwards they want to prepare his body for burial because... He was there. He was their Lord, you know, and obviously there was huge disappointment and, and all the stuff that had happened after the crucifixion. But when so they've prepared, their hearts are right. They're ready to rock and roll. But on the way there, they didn't fully have a plan. They hadn't really thought it through a hundred percent because it involved the the stone, which was massive. They would roll the stone in front of the tomb, and this tomb belonged to a guy called Joseph of Arimathea, who'd given his tomb for Jesus to be buried in. He was a secretly a disciple of Jesus. People didn't really know. He was sort of low down like, uh, on the on the sly disciple of Jesus. So there's this massive stone in front, so there would be no um, tomb robbing, that kind of stuff. And when they get there, the stone is rolled away, and they're able to enter. And then they hear this incredible news. And I've been thinking a lot about this, that when it comes to our lives, Maybe maybe it's just for me I'm thinking about this this morning, but it's so often when I walk out into my day and what I'm going to be doing, I'm prepared. There are elements of my day that I can't quite see yet, so a bit like 
Mary and them, their hearts were moved. They wanted to do something amazing for Jesus. They, they still loved him, even though they felt like maybe to a degree he'd let them down because he died. They still wanted to go treat his body, but they didn't know what to do about the, the stone that was in the way. But then when they got there, the stone had rolled away and Jesus had risen. And I feel like for some of us, friends, that we go out into our day and we, we live with these possibles and impossibles. And we're going to do our best, but we lose sight of the fact that God asks us to come with our bit, and then he's going to fulfill this impossible bit in our day. And it's almost like we don't factor in that impossible bit in our day. It's not like we expect that impossible bit. It's not, you know, like these guys didn't expect it. And so what I mean by that is, so the stone being rolled away was God doing the impossible bit, but not only the stone being rolled away, but Jesus's body, right, being raised from the dead. They had no need of those spices anymore. In fact, they went expecting to give. And when they came away, it was even better news than they thought. I mean, they were terrified and later on they realized how amazing it was. But they they arrived thinking they were going to do their little bit. And God blew their minds with the big bit that he was able to do. And I wonder sometimes... Um, what would what it would look like if, a, if us as the church honestly took some time and out of love for Jesus and out of love for others that we went into our day expecting God to do the impossibles or looking for God to do the impossibles instead of just thinking, well, I'm going to go and do my bit for Jesus, you know, like just faithfully serve him or do my bit for others or do my bit for my boss or do my bit for my wife or do, you know, go and tick the box. But that we would be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to tick the box, but I'm expecting you today in my marriage. I'm going to tick the box, but I need something impossible. I need you to do something even more amazing off the back of it. I'm prepared to do my bit. But what's the way? Can you roll the stone away, Lord, from some stuff perhaps in my marriage where it's stuck and I don't know how to move this thing out of the way? It's just really got in the way. In my, in my business, perhaps there's something that just really got stuck in the way and I can't get through it. I want to, Lord. I'm prepared, but I don't know how to. Lord, I pray that you would roll that stone away. Um, in my thinking, I've just got these thoughts about myself which are so stuck and I, I don't know how to change it. But Lord, won't you come and roll that thing away? And I've, I've really been encouraged today that um, as I've read this devotional, that, oh, hey, God, come and roll the stone away. Roll the stone out of my thinking and my life and my relationships and, and show me that um, I, I'm expecting to go in behind that stone and go and work really hard and prepare. And, but I walk in in this life where perhaps I felt there was death. And God is really good at that, friends. We aren't called to live this um, practical, easily worked out, line and length Christian life. I think we, we need to work hard. We need to lay down our lives, all of those things. But we serve a God who is alive. We serve a God who's gone ahead of us. We serve a God who's able to take dead things and make them come alive. And so can I encourage you that when you wake up in the morning, sometimes maybe you're looking, staring down the barrel of your day and you feel a bit like Mary and other Mary and Salome, on your way to the grave to go and dress it, whatever the thing is that you're looking at and you think it looks a bit heavy, or there's just very little expectation. Friends, Jesus is waiting. Jesus is waiting to roll the stone away and to breathe life and to speak life to us. So I hope that blesses you. Can't wait to see you on Wednesday.